Welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast, where we have conversations and give insight into human behavior and promote mental health wellness. I'm Dr. Kyle Osborne, and with my co-host, Dr. Jason Coleman, we'll discuss health topics, everyday life issues, and try to give you a better understanding of yourself, other people, and the world around you. So just sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll leave with some information that'll have you living your best healthy life. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. So episode 31, uh, I want to welcome everybody to Extravaganza, something incredible that's about to take place. World-renowned, the Black Psychologist Podcast, episode 31. I am one half of your humble and gracious host and clinician here for your listening pleasures, Dr. Kyle Osborne. He is I and I am him. And um I'm always here with my my partner, my ace. He's uh he's a pretty good dude. You know, he's got the rollie on his arm while he's pouring Sean Don, and he's got all the answers because he's got it going on. Dr. Jason Coleman, how are you, good brother? What's going on, bro? How are you? Happy I'm Halloween, good. man. Happy Halloween to you also, man. It's a good day. It's a really good That's day. Right. And uh we got some good people rolling with us, man. We got That's we got right. the uh it's a special event always when this person shows up. You know, even we got better, uh, even the one better, and only, you know, when people out here playing. So she's got to make them understand if it ain't about positivity, then you ain't going on her gram. The queen of positivity herself. One of the greatest minds out of the Carolinas. Dr. Ashley Poole. How are you? Pool, what is going on? Introduction, Dr. Osborne. I always appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to be here. This is a good Sunday. So I've been doing good, you know. Um, I'm always, always excited whenever I get to chop it up with you guys because I know it's gonna be interesting. I know I'm gonna laugh and it's gonna be a good time. So thank you for having me again, guys. I really appreciate it. Always, always. No, we appreciate you making time. We you know. Yeah, so like you said, um, we're, we're, we we appreciate you being here. And uh, for those watching, feel free to throw some comments in there. Um, we appreciate everybody, you know, being a part of this. Like I said, episode 31. Uh, we appreciate the, um, the feedback. We appreciate the subscribers. So please continue, add, share, uh, comment. So, you know, this is... Um, we we love it. We we appreciate it. Jay, anything uh should add before we get rolling? Uh nothing really. Just of course we want to thank Ashley for um joining us whenever we do that. Um that always makes everything better, it brings it up a notch. Um and we just want to thank everybody that takes the time to listen and watch every week. And you know, that's that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Ashley, uh anything for you, anything you wanna promote, please get it out there so the people know where to find you and where you are handling your business. Absolutely. So I've been kind of pausing um, with posting. So you all won't see any updates most recently, but that's because I'm cooking up something. I'm definitely wanting to, you know, introduce people to pop culture, you pool of positivity. So I've been taking a break to kind of like think about what what it is I want to do. I just recently transitioned to a new career position. I'm done with postdoc and I am a full time faculty at a medical school. 
in the clap psychology department supporting <laughs> individuals on their journey to becoming a psychologist. So with that, I really do want to infuse, you know, my love for like social media, mental health and just positive vibes and like the clinical side of that versus the cliche side, because it is a lot deeper. So if anyone wants to follow me, Pool of Positivity on Instagram and just type in Dr. Ashley Pool LPC on Facebook and you can follow my professional page there. So thank you for the, you know, opening for that. Definitely promote stuff. That's right. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, Dave Chappelle, his uh, his new stand up special, The Closer. So um, The Closer was recently uh, released on Netflix earlier this month um, and has been criticized as transphobic by some of the LGBTQ plus uh, organizations and community members, by some of their advocates, um, by different artists and even some of Netflix's own employees. Um, so for those who uh, haven't had the opportunity to watch, um, the special includes several minutes of jokes about trans people. Um, he talks about some of the backlash that he received after making jokes about like Caitlyn Jenner and other trans people in previous specials. He criticizes cancel culture. Um, he criticizes, um, other different issues as far as cancel culture around, um, Arthur J.K. Rowling, who's famous for writing the Harry Potter um, series. Um, he also references his friendship with um, Daphne Dorman. She's a uh, trans woman and also a fellow comedian who opened up for him um, at one of his sh- San Francisco shows in the past. Um, and um, so unfortunately, also give some more backstory. Uh, his friend Daphne Dorman passed away uh, due to suicide in 2019. Um, in the special, he is he terms himself as uh, a TERF, which is T-E-R-F, which is an acronym referring it for trans exclusionary radical feminists. Um, so throughout all this controversy, um, Netflix has chosen to uh, support uh, Dave through everything. Uh, they even released uh, an official statement defending Chappelle saying, uh, we don't allow titles on Netflix that are designed to incite or hate violence. Um, and we don't believe the closer crosses that line. Some people find the art of stand up to be mean spirited, but our members enjoy it. And it's important. It's an important part of our content offering. So they have continued to support, um, you know, Chappelle through everything, um, even through there were some issues of employees walking out or being terminated and quitting or something rather, all the d- different things. And that's been resolved. Um, and they've still, again, continue to support it. Um, Chappelle has come out and said that, um, you know, he's tried to, you know, clear things up. And he even said he's open to sitting down with the um, the LGBTQ community about issues that they, they that they've uh, expressed so um ashley um uh, what's your take on you know these past few weeks of this conspiracy and in the series itself and what, what what's your take yeah so i i've you know watched most of dave chappelle's work and you know i've always considered him entertaining and funny and you know this was no different but where I draw the line is I do understand how other people cannot think something is funny, but then, you know, with Dave Chappelle, I kind of just look at intent. I look at, um, you know, historically how things have been. I look at, um, 
other details. So like his friend that you mentioned, his trans friend that opened for him, um, Dave reached out to her family and her family supports him. I'm like 90% sure that it said it in that article that he, that the family um, kind of like stood by Dave Chappelle as well. So like, it's a lot of variables that kind of play into that. But I do think that um, it's interesting how progressive and how far we've come that he's still up there because didn't, I mean, didn't Nick Cannon do something like that wasn't like appropriate and he kind of like lost his show. And so, I mean, like it's, it's, when you start to defend certain groups that have, you know, been marginalized and, it, you know, it, com- it it comes with a lot of, um, it comes with a lot, <laughs> you know, a lot of accountability. Right. A, a lot of accountability. Let me say that. That's why I want to be mindful to say that I did watch it. I did think it was entertaining. I, I laughed, you know, but I can understand how some people could view things as insensitive. But one comment that really stood out to me when I was talking to other people about it, because I had posted on my page, was how people were saying it wasn't until he started to talk about other groups that now it's this cancel culture and want to ban. But he's always done these. And it was mostly just about like black people, like from his shows where like black people who want to be white. Um, the, the guy wasn't it one who was a member of the Ku Klux Klan in one yeah. of his uh, like his The Chappelle show. So right. when he was doing those things, it was like humor was found, but you know, different groups respond differently when they look at the okay, what's sailing, what stands out the most with this is in some way I identify. So, you know, it is what it is. What you think? Uh well, what was y'all personal thoughts on the show and Netflix supporting them? Um, Jay, you wanna you wanna go or you want me to go? I'll let you I'll let you chime in and I, then I'll chime in. Um I I feel I believe that his intentions are being misconstrued. And I feel like his the comedy aspect is getting to people who lack the proper context for it. Um, like it's misunderstood. And that's what I think is contributing to the whole controversy, that it's misunderstood. While some people think that he's antagonizing the LGBTQ community, what at least what I got out of it and what I believe he was doing um, was that he was just critiquing some of the problems that he sees within that community. So like within the series, he points out or what he believes is that the LGTB or LGBTQ community has had like an easier path um, as far as getting their rights as compared to African-Americans, right? He says that the movement includes white people. So they've been looked on upon like more favorably. Like he's not attacking them. He's just pointing out some different critiques. Now, he doesn't say it's not that he's saying that, well, the LGBTQ, that community, like they don't have struggles like in their daily lives and they don't have struggles in their community. Um, But he what he does is that he uses a lot of anecdotes and he uses a lot of his experiences um, to show like how he thinks that their struggles aren't equal to those of African-Americans. So it's looking as taking a look at like, well, how some how some of the voices in that community are treated with more credibility with and more weight than would be other minority groups. And I feel like that's where, you know, a lot of, you know, the misunderstanding comes from. Like, I enjoyed the 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 comedy of it also. Um, you know, I'm not going to say her neck like I'm not a um, 
you know, I'm not a uh, Dave Chappelle fan because I am. You know, I've watched the series. I watched, you know, the, the Chappelle show, all these other different things. And, yeah, there might have been a couple things where, you know, even with some of the um, the, the jokes that he he um, he made about uh, about Jewish people kind of maybe like, <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's, <laughs> he's he's really told a lie there. Um, but I, I think as far as like with, you know, when he's he's just pointing, he's critiquing that community like the lgbtq community like he's you know even though he's been criticized for um for making like homophobic and transphobic comments in the past he's again he's speaking from lived experiences like he he's he made um what was one thing that he he talked about that stood out during his special um one of his experience oh yeah so he mentioned during the special that he and his wife were out um one time like at a restaurant and there was um he said he talks about there was like a white person that was like filming him and his wife. And he asked the person to like to stop. And the person wouldn't like they weren't being respectful of like his privacy. And so like he thought he would be able to get the person to stop by using like strong language. And then he realized that the person was gay. And then the person called the police on him in response to the confrontation. So he's like, well, the problem in this situation is that, you know, he says gay people are minorities until they need to be white again. Right. Because he's like, well, if a black gay person would have never done that because he knows if the black gay person calls the police, he said like, they, they wouldn't have called the police because he knows what's going to happen when the police come. They're not going to care, you know, who started what rocket. They're just going to see two black individuals and the situation is going to go left. Right. So he's saying like, that's where the issue comes in, where he's just like, well, you know, they're, you know, they're not being aware of, say, other, you know, minority group struggles and that awareness. So I just feel like that message and things that he was trying to get across and similar to what you said, Ashley, like you said, it was okay if he's making jokes at, you know, other different populations, other different, you know, minority groups like blacks and other. But as soon as he makes some jokes about that community, then they kind of swoop in and, and you know, do other things. Mm -hmm. So, um, Jay, how about you, bro? Um, I mean, you know, admittedly, like I told y'all before, you know, I haven't seen it. Um, I am a Dave Chappelle fan. Though I have seen a lot of his other work. So I'm aware of how he works, you know, how his comp like routines are, but I'm gonna kind of just speak like from the historical perspective, like, you know, comedy is kind of, judged differently from than a lot of different genres right in terms of like historically um and i'm just and and all comedians like a lot of times kind of piggyback on and off what you said a lot of the meeting meanings like sometimes when they're blatant and sometimes when they're hidden or double meanings like sometimes they hurt when when, when you know the person is saying them on stage right um because a lot of times their personal feelings behind it, you know, political feelings behind it, whatever the motivation, but you know, like Dave Chappelle, historically, a lot of comedians have done it. He speaks through his comedy, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, so again, I, I didn't hear that specifically, so I can't condone everything he's saying. And I'm not saying that it doesn't mean that things that he's saying on the stage can't be hurtful to people. You know what I mean? But I can only draw the comparison and say that over the years, there have been messages that whether we agree with them or disagree, like them or not, he's been sending to us, right, as African-Americans, 
that we necess haven't necessarily even been comfortable hearing from the stage at times, right? So I'm only saying that in terms of the style, right? Um, so this is not something that we should not expect from him, right? He pushes the limits and historically he's always done that. Um, and in different aspects, like we've called him a genius, right? So again, when he was doing the Chappelle show and he was up there, you know, and he was, he was mocking roots and he was hanging up there and a lot of black people were outraged, you know, different generations, you know, as much as some people were laughing, yeah. you know, he was making a bigger point. The same reason why he walked away from all the money, he was making a bigger point. So whether we agree with him or disagree with him, it, the point he was making is what you was talking about, Kyle, right? Is that right. Um, the amount of tension, you know, that is a pay that is paid to different struggles, you know, in this in this country, right? And Again, what we don't want to get in this to the um, habit of doing is like is like comparing atrocities and this and that, right? And doing that. Right. Um, but the point that he's pointing out, trying to point out or shed some light on, is you know like what gets the traction, right? And and where the ultimate sacrifice has 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 came from or initiated. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I think you know again it generated a lot more conversation, and I think that was his ultimate goal. You know, so I think it accomplishes goal, whether people like it or not. Yeah, they say he the goat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, I, I, I truly believe that during this special, um, he's not trying. He's trying to convey the message from earlier, because a lot of it was also in response to the earlier backlash that he got from earlier specials. And I really believe that he was trying to convey the message that he doesn't hate women. He doesn't hate queer individuals or other minorities that he's made jokes about because he says it like he says in especially that he's not transphobic and he doesn't you know he even pointed out the um about the the lack of rights and like how congress and how all these other different states have like made like these like abhorrent type of like bills um like he points out the um the the north carolina that that what was it the, that transgender um bathroom bill mm -hmm. um he points out about that being horrible um, I mean, he said it. He's like, he, I'm done making jokes about, you know, the, um, that community until he's sure that they're laughing with him and that he's not punching down on him. Right. He, he uses that term. He's not trying to punch down on him and he doesn't want them in turn to punch down on him and his community. Um, I mean, it's just really about awareness. Like no minority group is beyond criticism, right? Like right. even us as a, as a group, as a minority group, like we have to take a look at some of our behaviors, right? We got to take a look at how our group and how our culture and what part of it do we own or are we responsible for? So, you know, like, and it's, it's definitely, it's possible. It happens that some minority groups aren't open or can be blind to the struggles of other minority groups mm -hmm. right we can sometimes be like oh well you know th this isn't happening over there like no we all have struggles but we also have to understand that like all right there there are different struggles we all have to be aware of that because we've talked about in every situation if you don't have awareness then you know then you're not going to be open to any type of change or open to any type of criticism so um but yeah i mean i, I thought it was a good special he said that he's open to, you know, talking to, um, you know, members of that community and advocates. So but he's, so we'll see, you know, but I, I mean, I thought the special was good. I just think it's a lot of misunderstanding as far as the content. Because mm -hmm. it's a lot of he said, she said versus people 
that have actually watched it. So Jay, I'm glad that you acknowledged that you hadn't watched it, you know, cause it's okay. If you haven't, you can still reflect on it. But I think a lot of people are going off of what a meme or Twitter or somebody said versus like, you know, I, I didn't want to cut you off, mm -hmm. but, but I, I agree with you because like I was reading like quotes, right. And then I was like, should I comment on the quotes? But but they're all out of context, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like, and we're talking about jokes. So that's why I said, I'm just gonna talk about it, you know, from what I know about Chappelle and then, you know, what people are saying. But, you know, that's why, that's why I had to say that. Yeah, and you know, also like, with you're not gonna be able to satisfy everybody. So that's mm -hmm. another thing with, especially with comedians and with like, you know, any type of group, because you can have people from the same particular group from whether it be the LGBTQ community or whether it be from the black community or whether it be from the Hispanic community. Um, and not everybody is going to agree on what's offensive. Right. Like you may have something that most people will find offensive, but you have like, for instance, in his situation, you have Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner came out and said that he's completely 100 percent correct in his assessment, everything that he says. Other people, like you mentioned, um, the comedian's family came out and was supportive of what, you know, um, he was of the special and other different notable individuals of that community have come out. And then you also have Glad then coming out and condemning it, right? So there's gonna be, you're not gonna get 100% of like, well, everybody feels, everyone feels the same way. But, but that's why I brought up what I brought up when it came up, when it came to all Chappelle's sketches, right? Because you're going to have some people with certain groups that feel like certain subjects you, you should never talk about on a public stage. Right. right? You should never talk about in a comedy routine. Right. You should never talk about on, te on television. That's going to go for certain religious groups. You know what I mean? Certain, you know, uh, uh, sexual orientation, race. And, and then within those those groups, you're going to have different different feelings. So that's why I'm saying, like, it's when it comes to comedy, it's always going to be that much more complicated. You know what I mean? No matter how far you push, you push the line. It's always going to be very complicated. Yeah, I will say I am happy that Netflix is uh, continuing to support them, um, you know, because they definitely could have folded when. You know, you know what happens when a lot of these communities and backlash starts to happen. People start pulling out. Um, I know he has received he had a movie or documentary that was coming out um, that he was going to release at a few different festivals, um, like at the end of this year and next year. And a lot of those festivals, I think, have canceled or have like pulled his his documentary. So now I know he's doing a, um, he's doing like limited showings at the by his documentary. And a documentary is about. um uh how he did a lot of his um how a lot of the comedians came up to like his house to do their specials or do like mm -hmm. comedy like during covid um so he had like the behind the scenes and the cameras rolling with all of that so i think just certain theaters he's going to be showcasing that as opposed to since the festival's pulled out but i'm happy netflix is supporting him on this man because you know historically man when things like this happen they they start shutting things down you know corporations start pulling out man the distributions cut off it's you know so um so we'll we'll see we will continue to monitor it all right i got a question for y'all okay all right either one of you have uh have you participated in uh online dating i have yeah I have. 
Okay. All right. All right. Just wanna just, just, just wanna make sure. <laughs> we, we know you haven't. Nah, you I have a nope. cow. Now so let's I'm move on. Now I'm scared. I, now listen, we can start with we can start off with that. I'm Never scared of getting catfished. That's it. <laughs> we talked about this a few episodes ago. No, nope. Scared, scared of getting catfish. Scared of getting catfish, man. Wow. Yeah. Come right. on. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Right. Wow. <laughs> like he never had a dating app on his phone. Nope. Nothing. Never met met nobody for no drink. Nothing. Nope. Not gonna do it. Not through those means. Not gonna do it. Do you know a lot of men have got catfish? Um, I, I've talked to people and they've said that um that what they've uh, been uh what's been advertised isn't always what shows up. A lot of men say that. I mean, I'm not gonna say a lot, but I mean, I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say a lot. I mean, it might have been like one or two, but that's that's way too many for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're playing now. Nah, you playing with fire right there. I'm like, ah, nah, I'm not gonna take that chance. No, no way. No way. Right. No way. Right. No, I especially when I first moved to Philly, I was like, oh, while I'm on my way to getting this degree, let me see what these. The hot boys looking like in the city. So I, I will say it's levels to apps. So don't just jump on any app. Like, I mean, it's definitely levels to apps. Like, you know, some apps, you you know the population up there. You're going to have to have like a that t- a thousand word minimum because he hate beautiful. Like, yeah, don't you got to send 10 more sentences so I can make sure you can write and read and understand punctuation let's see what your text looking you like want to see but... about that eighth grade uh, level of education at least right something <laughs> ashley he would never survive on a dating app because he would think like if he got a match or some something he would think that that was the only person i was talking to that they were talking to. <laughs> <laughs> he would think they was he would think they was dating you know <laughs> okay look here man this is what this is see jay's able to speak from a position of privilege right because right, this first of all the podcast is like a dating app for him because let me tell you right yeah knock it, is- it off, <laughs> knock it off. Like, the podcast look, is not like first look, of all i've right. told i've first told all, him ashley look i've told him you start lying and, and asked i said look people have been hit, hitting me right like hey What's up with Dr. J? Does he have a girlfriend or is he married? And if he does have a girlfriend, can she fight? Dr. Right? J is not, Ooh, Dr. J. Right? Dr. J is not available. Listen, I, I told him, I said, look, I don't know about his personal affairs. He's just there to give information. Okay, that's all he's there for. All right. Dr. J is know. not available. Are you available? Yeah, I, that's, what I told, I, that's what I told him. Jay, oh, I you in a relationship? But look, I've had to. Listen, I'm not I've available, had, yeah. I've had to filter out some of the comments, Ashley. That's what I've had to do. I've had to filter out comments because they've gotten too raunchy. All right. They're hitting me up. They're like, oh, what's up? He's just there for education purposes. That's what right. he's for. Right. right. Are you are you available? No, I'm, I'm not available. I'm here for education also. So okay. on to this online dating, right? So we all know that online dating can cause a range of emotions from everything from anticipation to excitement. All right. Now, while it's great meeting new people and starting relationships, relationships uh, or dating apps and sites can also muster feelings of insecurity and rejection. So another uh, article that in fact, an article that Jay and I did uh, a few episodes back about dating apps uh, talked about how social anxiety and dating app have found it that um, 
that people aren't being swiped on the IDO version of themselves and putting forward that they can, it can feel like a majority, um, majorly like a, a letdown when you're not getting the, the results that, um, you know, that you're, you're anticipating. So recently an article just came across our desk that shares tips on how to top or how to keep on top of your mental health while trying to connect online. So uh, I, that's why I wanted to get, you know, you know, the experts, you guys, you know, on this, um, on this, this, this dating app thing. And because I, I, I don't, I don't know anything about that, you know, so I've got to, I've got to, you know, delegate and refer to you guys and, and your experience well, with this. It your depends expertise. on what, what kind of do, advice are you asking? Are you asking for this article is about like for managing your mental health online. Mm-hmm. It's not about maximizing your chances of getting a, a match. Those are All two right. different questions. You know well, what I mean? So let's start with the, let's start with the article. All right. So what we're going to do, what we're going to, I'm going to refer to you guys because um, I'm going to, we want to see how you guys have been able to protect your mental health, um, you know, through, through that whole process. All right. So the first one that they say is um, seeking validation. All right. So they said that, um, Unfortunately, when you don't hear from a match, uh, you can start to feel like really low that you're not getting attention from someone else and might actually be, you know, start to seek validation through the dating app. And it was recommended that as opposed to, um, you know, putting so much stock and putting a lot of influence in the dating app is that, you know, doing your best to present your authentic self and take a step back after yourself to ensure you're giving yourself the attention that you need first before seeking it from others. So what um, do you think as far as the, the seeking validation aspect, how, how can you protect that part of your mental health? Well, since I know Ashley got plenty of, of likes and matches, I'll answer this one. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get any, you know, it could be a pretty down day, you know, or a week or so, you know, um, but listen on a real I think the goal is like, you can't really, social media is the wrong place to be wanting to be validated in that way. Um, so, I mean, of course, we're all appreciative, you know, when, when people, you know, pay attention or validate us that way. But I just think like we, when we were talking about, I think the best way to kind of balance that is to kind of know going in, you know, to it, <laughs> you know, that, you know, there's a, there's a large pool out there, um, and the odds that you're going to actually meet up with somebody is very low, right? So you should really look at this like, you know, more so like a video game that you're most likely never going to win, or one of these carnival games that you're most that you're probably never going to win. You know, the thing where that where that comes down to grab the claw, the, the claw, the claw down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You should look at it, if, especially from the male perspective. You should look at it like the claw, you know. And if you happen to grab something, then it's the luckiest day of your life, you know. Now. From a female perspective, it's a little different, I suppose, because you're probably sorting through uh, and trying to find quality amongst quantity. So I'll let, you know, Ashley speak to that. But from yeah. a male perspective, it's low expectations and act like it's, you know, the claw, you know? Yeah, it's rough for the ladies, I will say, because, like, like I said, it depends on the app. So... Certain apps are known more for like dating, like where, you know, like the plan is to get up, go get something to eat, coffee shop, something like that. But then there's an app where it's kind of like, you know, you want me cook for you? Like the first, like what? You know what I'm saying? Like you just plenty of fish. Oh, oh. 
Right. Plenty of fish. <laughs> well, that catfish like that. That you ain't talking about. Oh, man. Talk about but I would say like a coffee meets bagel or maybe like a tender hinge. Like I haven't been on a dating site in some years, but my friends are up there. So with women, you can get like over a hundred messages a day. Oh, because wow. you have to think wow. that it's like a mile radius. Like I can show you a, a profile that I have access to because after I read this, I figured we would talk about it. And it's like, it's nonstop. It's so many men. I mean, and men validate women for anything. If they, if, if the goal is to have sex, then you have to think they're going to validate. You can get up there with a dirty towel on this, the, this message. I can wash that for you. Oh, you know, like <laughs> I can wash that towel. Listen, I wish we I had I the ladies comments. Cause I know we could do a poll okay and and this this is really how it is like you said women, especially on the dating sites men men it's it's, it's ridiculous so it is kind of like looking through to see what it is so i think that a lot of women are validated and and almost maybe inappropriately validated mm-hmm. because when they get ready to look for something real if they're reflecting on oh it's all these fish in the sea yeah but they sardines and most of them dead fish. So like, <laughs> sis, don't make sure you, you know, making an accurate statement or that you're reflecting on things. So yeah, it can get rough for the ladies. No, that's, that's a fact because, you know, we've talked about my experiences. Like a lot of my experiences just end up being funny stories, you know? Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, like you mentioned coffee versus bagel, you know, like, you know, I've definitely quality people there, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But for the most part, you know, out here, like it's the wild west, you know? So listen, like I said, you got to have very low expectations, you know? Um, I mean, but, but, but think about it. And I, and I want to know y'all opinion on this. I think people kind of just like to move the goalposts or just have unrealistic expectations because how realistic is any, any should anybody's expectations be going to a bar on a Friday or a Mm. club on a Friday? Think about our whole life, life. You know what I mean? Whether it be in school, wherever we live, like how many times have you met that person that you end up dating or even going out with more than once there? Right. For me, it's usually never, you know what I mean? So, So I feel like um it's it's similar even to when you're going to a certain bar, right? Right. So just like Ashley said, certain there's a, there are levels to um the dating apps, right? If you mm-hmm. go to a certain dating app, you know what you're gonna get. Just like it's similar to a bar. You go to a around the way bar, like you're gonna you know what you're gonna get, right? If that's what you're looking for. Now, if you want to go downtown you want to go maybe some more other places upscale then that's what you're going to get not to say that you don't have grimy people at all the other different places but it also depends on your intentions mm-hmm. so it's like okay we're with the validation aspect of it it's like okay well what exactly are you what's the goal right so i feel like that maybe might be helpful and kind of taking that step back like the article mentions and thinking like all right what, what what's your goal here Right? Like you said, you're going to get validation depending on the site that you're at because right. of what the individual are trying to obtain or what their goal is. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get that validation depending on where you're at. Just like you said, on a Friday night, Saturday night, like it depends on what bar you go to. What are you trying to do? Right. right. <laughs> you know, you, you know, know certain bars, if you're trying to I do certain activities, you. yeah, it's more likely if you go to the, the, the below bars. 
you right. know, the bottom you shelf bar that, that might happen. Now you're going to get bottom shelf material, but exactly. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I mean. Some of those dating apps, it's like going to the bar on the corner. Yeah. Like, what, or, or not, you know, or any corner or any club. Like, what do you really expect? Like, none of us has really, I can't remember the last time I went to the, to a club or to a bar or something before Corona. And, and so it, let it, me ask you, where are people meeting? Right now? Yeah, like where are guys that are like y'all, you know, same demographic makeup, where are they hanging out to meet well, women? The single I mean, women? I've spoken to, to Kyle about this. I'm not saying I haven't met anybody on dating apps. I, I'm saying I think it's a multi kind of faceted approach at this point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think, I mean, it, I'm saying I think now. But I think younger people, I think they kind of use that on a regular basis, like whether it be, you know, dating apps, in person, wherever, you know. But right now, I think online is kind of flooded just because a lot of places are are opening back up now. You know what I mean? Um, So I think it's kind of been skewed, especially the last two years. But Kyle, what you what you think? No, I feel like it's definitely been probably more online. Like, I think it's been more definitely by association on the gram, on these other different um, on social media, just because of everything that's taken place within the past year and a half. Um, Prior to that, I mean, I mean, you're meeting people at work, you're meeting them at the job, right? You're meeting them, um, you know, probably I feel like if you you meet people, if you go Girl, to look at he meet people, at, he's meeting people at the job. I'm not. Look, meeting look, I'm right just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, where are you? There are more people there because I feel like at, at the bar, right? This is my this is my thought process, right? At the bar, I feel like you're still you're seeing the same people, mm-hmm. right? If you're going right. there all the time, how are you meeting anybody new? Right. I mean, every now and then you'll see some folks, but for the most part, you're seeing the same people. Right. I mean, when I've gone to like the, the local joints and, and, you know, in the past, you saw the same people there. Like every now and again, somebody might bring their friend or somebody's having some. But probably I would think at events. Right. Um, you would have like if somebody's throwing something, then people are are, are bringing people. Right. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I feel like it's probably more like on, on the social media thing, because if you're, you know, you know, somebody or you're friends with somebody, you see them posted or picked with somebody else you you know you shoot a message oh who's this blah 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 but i feel like at, at the bars you see the same people so yeah i agree yeah. like dating is a whole discussion especially i mean y'all know the statistics on like successful black women and dating availability i mean and i moved to the city within with the intentions of that so i think <laughs> it's super important for us to <clears throat> look at you know like intentions like we were you know kind of like talking about but I have a lot of single women female friends that you know I told them they need to move to the city so where 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 your girlfriend's meeting people at social media homecomings you know like if it was somebody from undergrad that you know like oh they're still doing that because you know <clears throat> when you in a sorority you really not gonna miss no homecomings right, right you know right, what right, i'm right. saying so with but that effect, like yeah. that you know dang girl you know so-and-so and them ain't married no more it because it is it's flipping people might that may have gotten married earlier may be divorced now so now yeah. that person is available in the same space same time but one of the <clears throat> 
one of the things that stood out to me in that article that you sent was um, rejection. Like, I think rejection was the one that stood out the most because I think women are used to like being pursued. So that rejection is challenging. And especially, you know, coming from like, I'm from the South. So like Southern women is like an extra Mm. benefit, quote unquote. So you're taught to be like more coy. What do you all think about, I mean, honestly, because I know I got some homies that I'm close with and they show me how women can be forward. And some men say they like that, but how forward is, is there such thing as too forward with that for y'all? Um, I'm gonna say no. (laughs) I mean, you know, I I mean, I think, so here's here's the thing, right? I think, especially with rejection, I think, I don't know, and maybe I'm I'm being blinded because, again, I'm not on a dating app, so I don't know the whole process and thing, but I feel like with men just overall are more used to and comfortable with, with rejection because we get rejected all the time. Because historically, it's been something that maybe we're approaching people, right? We're, like you said, we're trying to get the other person's in, you know, attention. And so a lot of times you're going to get, you know, unless you're, you know, you're pretty Ricky, Rico Suave, like you're not going to get, you're going to get rejected more times than, than you're going to get hit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way it works. Like you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to try to get people's attention and you're going to get more no's than, than yeses. Like, you know, like you said, when you hit, you hit, like Jay said, mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like with, you know, with the rejection aspect of it, um, I'm not sure how it may hit differently or the experience for, for women might be a little different, especially like if you add the, the, the validation component, right? Like if you're coming in to the app and it's serving that purpose of getting some type of validation because you maybe haven't been getting the results through other measures, then I think the rejection may be more intense than it would. But I feel like with guys, like it's, but as far as being, you know, um, too forward, I, I mean, I speak for myself and other most men, some of my friends, like it's, it's cool. Like at least you're being upfront with things. So we know where we stand. I honestly, I feel like it takes a lot of the pressure off because you already know where you're standing, you know, where the person Mm. stands at. Mm -hmm. I think um, also, I think some people, women and men, right. Are, are, have a whole different level of pressure because you still have people, right. I think we was reading some article that said like, there's been like a 30% rate or or 30% of like marriages and whatever that year was, said they met online, right? So you have a still have a significant group of people out here that are meeting online mm-hmm. and then getting married, right? So yeah. Yeah. that puts a lot of pressure on people because it's still probably one or two people that like people will know, you know what I mean? But it probably puts an immense a pre- pressure on somebody who can't meet somebody, right? Who can't go out mm-hmm. and, and even if it's a needle in a haystack, they're like, well, it could happen. Right. right. And we all know about rewards. Right. And it's like it could end up being like Las Vegas. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's a one in a million thing. It's the penny slot of somebody hitting the jackpot, getting married, meeting the, the, the person of their dreams, you know, online. Right. You know, like, sure, you can meet a lot of people. And then especially you're saying from a female perspective, there's a lot of options that might really reinforce like, yo, my, my person might be amongst these people. And it's really just a lot of people, you know. Um, I mean, I, that that's a possibility because yeah. the amount of pressure that probably can, will create from both sides, if it's like, yo, 
my man just got married. And he, what is he going to say? He's going to be like, yo, go on plenty of fish, man. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Look what at me. What do you, what do you think his me. wife going to say me. to you every every time you lonely and come to the barbecue? She's going to be like, you're not on plenty of fish yet? You know? So, <laughs> you know, even if they mean well, you know what I mean? So right, right, I was right, just right. considering that question because that probably adds a lot of pressure. Like, because, of course, like, I know people who have gotten together, you know, and met online. Um, yeah. You know, so you know imagine the people that can't do it it's like you you fell in again in another place like not you know obviously we're saying it lightly but you know for somebody who can't meet somebody somewhere else that could be a big deal you know this, this, this is good information um i'm not i'm not sure any that's going to reinforce my participation into uh the dating amps but i'm um uh, i'm happy to this is good. Good input, guys. I like it. So let me ask you, Kyle. Would you <laughs> would you suggest it to somebody you were working with? Um. Yeah. I mean, if they're like, if they don't have the fear that I have, then sure. You know, like I'm not going to sit here and say that they're not. They haven't been beneficial for people because, like you you mentioned, people have been able to get married, start families. It's, it's been successful, right, for a lot of people. So I you you see the results. So I would totally recommend like if I had a friend that did well um, or they were successful at one of the sites, I'm like, yeah, try, give that a try. It works for them. I'm just saying for me, you know, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good on that, you know. But if you are successful, right, this brings us to our next article. Right. So virtual reality. So over the past few years, there has been a boom in the new technologies and revolutionizing the field of mental health in terms of like understanding and treating um, mental disorders like phobias and eating disorders and trauma and things of that nature. So among these innovations have been virtual reality, which is a powerful tool that provides individuals with new learning experiences and in, in increasing their psychological well-being. So for people that aren't familiar with virtual reality, um, immersive virtual reality, what it does is that it creates like an interactive computer generated worlds that expose its users to like sensory perceptions and it mimics those that are experienced in the real world. So uh, which brings forth the topic of sexual aversion, right? So we like we mentioned, you got the dating app and you're married or you're in a relationship. That's cool. Right. You've made it. But however, it appears that sexual aversion, which is the experience of fear, disgust or avoidance when exposed to sexual cues or context, it appears that there's data that suggests that sexual aversion is as common as depression and anxiety disorders. And that uh, a recent study survey of close to 2000 individuals said revealed that at least 6% of women and 3% of men have experienced sexual aversion in the last six months. So this being the case, recent findings suggest that virtual reality could bring about such changes in real life situations and particularly with individuals with poor sexual functioning or a history of sexual trauma. And so that the virtual reality can help with intimate related fears um, and anxiety, and it can lead to positive sexual health outcomes such as increased pleasure and sexual well-being. What are your thoughts about this, guys? I'm with it. Okay. <laughs> Look at the one. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm with it. I'm with it. Any, anything that's going in that bucket of treatment, help, mental health, improved quality of life. It's like let's let's see. It's especially when it's you know being used in other areas. You know, like um, 
and I'm hoping that people understanding some of the modalities that are available to them would just increase the likelihood. Oh, let me go see what that's about versus thinking, oh, this is what they're going to do. I know what's going to happen. You know, this is something new. What do you think, bro? I can see it from two perspectives. Like when you look at the perpetrators, um, I think it could be beneficial at some point in treatment, right? In terms of getting people to be more aware of like their own triggers, right? Without it necessarily causing harm to another human being, right? So I think that's a serious way it could could help. Um, Obviously, when we, we could think of how it could help like victims of sexual trauma, when we talk about possible exposure treatment when they're dealing with their, you know, their therapist. Um, but when we're talking about like relationships, right. And now we can kind of talk about it in a more lighthearted way. Um, this might be able to save a lot of people's relationships, right. Because um, when, when we're talking about some people who might be, you know, have little like have aversions to certain things or have things that are anxiety provoking, you know, that are, that could still be comfortable or consensual between them and their partner, but could cause very big problems, right? Um, this could probably allow somebody to ease themselves into something, for lack of a better term, without causing them too much harm, right? You could turn the channel off when it gets to be too much for you. Um, so I think that the possibilities could be good in terms of, I'm thinking about it in terms of like sex therapy and like couples therapy. Um, and then of course, with some of the more, I don't want to say extreme cases, but when we start talking about perpetrators and sexual yeah. trauma and stuff like that, so yeah, you know. See, so you. Um, I also saw from the end that this is um, this is the beginning of the end for us guys, as as, as we know it is for human clinicians, bro. Like this is this is a replacement. I don't know if you guys are realizing this. Like this, <laughs> this is gonna put us out of work, right? In every industry, this is where this comes from, right? <laughs> You got you got self checkout, which is taking care of the retail industry, and now we got the virtual reality, which is going to take us out as clinicians. So, yeah, I'm happy that you guys are on board with this. This is great. This is the, <laughs> this is, you know. but no, no, I'm um, you know, all jokes aside, I'm I'm not overly surprised um about like how virtual reality therapy is like proved effective. Like, I mean, it, it's useful. Um, and you talked a little bit about it, Jay, is that it offers the potential for individuals to carefully control their situations that they're exposed to. Right. Mm-hmm. So and that can be difficult in the real world. So, I mean, and that's an important aspect of of, of therapy. So um, and then I like, just, you know, I mean, the industry has it's gathered a lot of momentum, like incrementally, like over the years, like the technology has improved with virtual reality. Um, it's more affordable, right? Mm-hmm. I remember years and years ago, virtual reality, like the headsets were costing like 23, 24, $25,000. Now most headsets are like on average, like $300 for a headset. So like you said, Ashley, a lot of clinicians are going to start to, utilize this as you know uh, as, as a therapeutic tool you mm-hmm. know for helping with you know especially like this particular disorder but any other type of phobias um and it's it offers convenience right if you can immerse a patient in scenes that would be hard or for them maybe they're not comfortable doing especially if we're talking about sexual aversion if they're able to do this in session as opposed to in practice mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe not being comfortable 
at home with the person that maybe is contributing to the anxiety or the situation. Like, you know, this is this is cool. You know, my only concern is that I worry that as it becomes more available and as virtual reality expands, um, that people might start to seek that as treatment and try out the program for themselves and not consult a clinician or a therapist. Right. Because what we're talking about with virtual reality is just it's prolonged ex- exposure therapy. Right. At the, it was really what it is. Um, and so if you have individuals that are just going to go out and and get the, the headset and just try to do it for themselves without the guidance of a, of a practitioner or a clinician, then I feel like that could possibly um, serve as, as an issue. But um, yeah, I mean, if this could be useful and, and another like, you know, like you said, something you could add to the to the tool belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally with it. Yeah, it's a puzzle. We we always, you know, gonna be out here for the record. How, you know, <laughs> we 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 making the recipes, okay? Yeah, yeah I hope, man. I hope. Listen. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> All right, yeah. okay. <laughs> be optimistic, but um, you gotta I keep your eye on these, on these on this technology, man. You gotta keep your eye on it. That's what I was gonna mm-hmm. say. I do have to jump off, but guys, I really enjoy tonight like we you know i I gotta come back like always always please don't ever forget about me the holidays coming up you know but it's always a pleasure to chime in with you guys i always tell my friends about you all y'all were the class ahead of me you know gave me something to look forward to (laughs) at pcom so anytime i get to join you all on all conversations um i'm 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 here so thank you guys so much and Y'all Actually, have a you great know, you upcoming You are welcome week. anytime. Anytime you have the availability. We know you have a lot of endeavors going on. We know you're running things over there at PCOM now, which we totally appreciate. And we're comfortable with PCOM mm-hmm. being in the right hand. So yeah. anytime you, you, you I was know, great you, say, I'm going to have some, you know, like, listen, we def- it's the family. So okay. definitely 2022, it'll just be more and bigger than it was this year. So we'll look forward to going into that, but you guys enjoy your evening and to everybody viewing. Absolutely. Check y'all next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Ashley. (laughs) All right, bro. All right. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Episode 31. Y'all know what to do. Subscribe, listen, um, comment. Dr. J appreciate you being here, bro. No doubt, bro. I'll holler at you, man. All right.